Hi, welcome to the third episode of the Unity Society podcast. I'm Jenny Randolph. And I'm Dieter Randolph. And uh, we're glad that you're here, and we're glad that we're here. And as we gather around this time, I wanted to talk about the aftermath of Christmas presents. Because um, as we're recording this, I've just sort of come back from Christmas, and we've just gotten through New Year's and all that stuff, and I had a little bit of time to play with my toys that I got for Christmas. So for me, toys equates to all kinds of things, but the thing I'm most excited about was I got a couple of books that I thought were really, really awesome. One of the books I got was called The Tao of Bill Murray. You really wanted that one. Bill Murray is my spirit animal. And I was never able to really explain why that was, but I read this book and I read it just about nonstop. I couldn't put it down. And I've now passed it on to our daughter, Raina, and she's having the same experience. The thing about Bill Murray is, is if you Google for, you know, like Bill Murray story or something like that, there are millions of these folklore level stories about Bill Murray doing some crazy thing where he showed up at a, at a college party in Reykjavik and started doing dishes or, you know, just bought beer and hot dogs for the whole side of Wrigley Field or whatever crazy thing. And he just seems like a real mensch, like a, an archetypical nice guy. But when you read the book, The Tao of Bill Murray, what you find out is this is based on a philosophical decision that he made a long time ago that he wanted to wake people up. It's wow. that idea. It's, we talk about that kind of thing, the idea that a lot of people go through their life kind of half awake. You get through your day and you have no idea what happened during that day. And to Bill Murray, that is anathema. You're not supposed to do that. And so he's dedicated his life to it. I have to believe that this is a man who's probably not a day at the beach to live with. But the stories are really beautiful and there's a real sweetness to the things that he's done. He is sort of a personification of the trickster god archetype of like Loki and the coyote and, and things like that. So it's just such a fun, sweet idea. And the other book I, I got that I'm almost done reading is a book called On Trails. And it talks about the way that trails have developed in, in the psyche of, of humanity. And actually, I talked a little bit about... I was going to say, is that why that was brought up on Sunday? Yeah, in the Sunday lesson that I did last Sunday, I talked a little bit about it because it just really inspired me. But it's an interesting juxtaposition, the idea that we're all working together to sort of forge a trail and we share part of our, our role in each other's lives as humans is to share what works and what doesn't work. And maybe we don't know the end destination because it's a trail and not a path. That's what I talked about on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. But the idea that we're just sort of all in this together, and it sort of dovetailed really nicely with the Bill Murray idea that we're here to wake each other up, and we shouldn't let each other ever fall asleep. So what you're saying is that I do really well at picking out your Christmas presents. Uh, some of those came from Santa. Yeah. Okay. One of the other things that I really love as we're coming into the new year and we've done it for several years, and I don't think that we are probably the only family that does it. Um, but we have a blessing jar. And I have, every year, I so look forward to reading all of the stuff that the kids put in there and that you put in there. And even the kids' friends and our friends. And it's in a pretty prominent place in, in our kitchen, and there's a pad of paper by it. And... And so it's just things that as you're walking by, if you can remember that you're being grateful and it's just nice. Some of them are kind of, are, uh, 
are in, funny. Inside jokes. And stuff. Inside jokes. Well, and just, but it's nice to remember those inside jokes. Well, it's, yeah. It's, it comes, it's really even great. if I, there was a couple that I read where I had to really sort of scratch my head and try to get back into that mindset. Yeah. But just in case you're listening and you don't know what that is, a blessing jar is basically a big jar. In our case, it was a big jug that used to have apple cider in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, or moonshine, perhaps. But it's a big jug next to a pen and notepad. And the idea is you, now and again, throughout the course of the year, you write down something that you're grateful for or, or, or you were aware of, some kind of loving moment. You fold up the piece of paper and you put it in the jar. And at, at New Year's Day, usually, mm-hmm. is the time you do it. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, yeah. depending on when you get to it. But sometime around the first of the year. You read through the blessings for the year. Mm-hmm. And I love it. It's, it's that wonderful dual edge thing where not only do you have this great thing to do at the end slash beginning of the year but also because just as you said it's right in a prominent space you set yourself up to be thankful for something because i see that thing every morning when i'm getting coffee or whatever and even if i'm not consciously aware of it there's that message that you know what today there might be something to be thankful for and there should always be I, I want to just read a couple, a couple of, of the ones. There, there's only a few. I think I only have a handful, maybe a half dozen or so, um, maybe a little bit more. But one of them is um, fresh fruit, exclamation point. Okay, that's, that's no, a stretch. No, somebody, I'm, I'm raising somebody, right? It's not me. Um, I would have said this one is This one is definitely you. Jenny and Raina made me drink Mama Chia. And then it says, most disturbing. Now, theoretically, I mean, I don't know that we're ever going to go after sponsors for this podcast, but Mama Chi is not going <laughs> to be one of them because that stuff is nasty. It's, it's really good. The texture is weird. I and love it. It seems like something you would drink it. on a dare. Yeah. And then here's this one. You want to read this one? This one just says Werner Herzog, and that's all it says. And that's because I remember this because we had gotten on a Werner Herzog kick and yeah. we watched Cave of Forgotten Dreams, which is... It's beautiful. It's an incredible movie. It's gorgeous and interesting and just just, uh, haunting. And we also watched Lo and Behold, which is a movie about the way that the internet and technology in general has affected our culture. And it's... It's a li- I thought it was kind of scary in a way, but really a wake-up call. And just kind of a beautiful film. But he became such a character in our lives. Everyone in our family has a reasonable Werner Herzog impression that yep. we will not do right now. No. But it, it was just it was one of those things where it just sort of captivated the zeitgeist of our household right. for a good long time. For a while. Yeah, yeah, for a while. This one just says shiplap. And uh, if you look around my house, you'll know why. And uh, I know this one was mine. It says clean kitchen and fresh linens, because that is I'm I am grateful for that one. And um, this one is from you. Mm-hmm. It says Miles puts up with my jokes. Jenny tolerates my honey and cinnamon medicine, and Raina brings me tea. The dog, it must be said, does nothing. I am truly grateful. Yeah, that's a, that's pretty kind of an average day. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So that's just a couple of them. I think we ended up with uh, maybe 60 or so in, yeah. the, in the actual jar. And if you're listening, you know, when this comes out, it's going to be a few weeks into the It'll year. mid-January. But it's not too late to start a blessing jar. And I love doing it with something physical. Some people find like a family heirloom, like an old cigar box or something that means something to them. You don't have to do that. And some people, I've even seen some people set up a folder in their email where they email to themselves and set up a filter where it goes into the folder. I don't think that's as romantic, but I get it. Whatever you need to do. If your phone's with you all the time, so be it. 
But the idea is find ways to set yourself up to be thankful and then sort of surprise yourself at the end of that cycle. It's just really a delightful thing to do. I think it puts you in the right mindset for the year especially. leads us into what we want to talk about tonight for the for the dig in for the main thing i wanted to talk a little bit about the concept of resolutions and i know this isn't i mean we're experiencing we just got done with new year's as we're recording this i recognize that it's going to be a few weeks in but i really thought that was okay because given the the sort of the statistics on it and just folklore evidence when you look at facebook or whatever at this point, at the time that this broadcasts, a fair number of people in our world will have already set some of their resolutions aside. You know, I want to talk about that because, I mean, I live with you, and it's a shame that I don't know this, but are you making resolutions this year? Because I, I don't think I am. I used to make a lot of them, and they were crazy things like in the course of this year, I will learn how to, I'll be fluent in German, or I'm going to lose X amount of pounds, or I, and I would have like seven, which any one of them would be a pretty Herculean task. But for me, they, they're a MacGuffin. I, I, I don't know that I've ever kept any big resolutions. There's probably been little ones that I've been okay about, but I, I don't think I've ever kept any of the milestone resolutions. For me, what it ends up doing is it puts me in the mindset of self-improvement, which is nice. It reminds me that I'm sort of in control of what I do. But no, this year I really, I didn't keep the traditional kind of resolutions. And, and I know that you never do. You never make them. Well, I'm occasionally, like if there's something that I really want to get done, like my New Year's resolution or my goal, I wouldn't even say it's resolution. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't resolve to do anything, but my goal for the year... I counted the doors in our house that needed to be painted and it ended up being 12. And if anybody's ever painted a door on both sides, it sucks. I don't like to do it. But I resolved to repaint all of the doors in the house. And I finished that like in October. It took me 10 months to do it, but <laughs> but I did. I, I finished that. So I think more for me, it's it's not really resolutions to change, but kind of a, I don't know, kind of a, a game, a goal. I don't, I, I yeah. you know, I don't set out, listen, I'm already pretty amazing. Why <laughs> would you want to change all Naturally. this? <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, I, you're kidding, but I'm not. I, I, you are amazing. But the thing that, that you mentioned that I think is really healthy, and this is one of the things that comes up a lot, one of the reasons that people have a hard time keeping their resolutions is the nature of the resolution. So often, the resolutions that people make for themselves are negation. In other words, I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to quit eating Oreo cookies. I'm going to quit drinking soda. I'm going to give up this and that. And it becomes a year-long Lent. And I'm going to say no to something. Now, no is a very important part of our ability as caretakers of our thought, as shepherds of, of our own consciousness. Being able well, to say it, no is important. It makes room. It no, right. no makes room in your life and in your mind. Right, but the thing is, that's not all there is to you. And if you're trying to build something, 
you do need to start with tearing down sometimes. But you can't stay in the teardown mindset and expect anything constructive because no is a destructive thing. Mm. And so there's two things that people do. One of them is that they tend to stay in the negative side and that ends up being kind of abrasive. I'm going to give this up. I'm going to quit doing this. And the other thing that people tend to do is their resolutions tend to be very physical. I'm going to learn this physical skill. I'm going to save this amount of money even. I'm going to do these physical things. And that's fine, but it's not all there is to you. And that's the thing. When you choose a resolution, it has to reflect something that you can agree with. This is the big deal. And this is the same thing. And I actually talked about this not so long ago in the Sunday lesson that I did. But I want to I want to elaborate a little bit. People come to me all the time and know you experience this too. And they say, well, you know, I, I learned some affirmations from a self-help book or from a unity book or whatever. And I say my affirmations all the time and I don't feel any better. And the reason for that is something that we have come across a lot. And that is the universe does not speak English. Right. You can't talk the universe into something. The universe speaks intention and passion. It's your, it's your set of expectations. It's your paradigm. So in other words, here's what I mean. If you say something, some affirmation, and you know you're lying to yourself. If you feel terrible and you say, I am a healthy child of God, yes, the truth about you is life and health. But if your takeaway, if the feeling you feel when you say it is, no, I'm not. I feel sick the affirmation you really affirmed was, I feel sick. Even if your words don't match it, the universe speaks what you're passionate about. And if the weight of your feeling is in a different direction, you end up hurting yourself. And in, in almost the same way, if your New Year's resolution is something that makes you feel like you're lying to yourself, you're not going to get very far. And that's why after three weeks or five weeks or even a month or whatever, you end up quitting because it doesn't feel like the truth about who you are. I don't think people say the affirmations and go, I'm going to deliberately lie to myself. I do think, and maybe, and I've experienced this a little bit in my own life, I think maybe the thought process is there. If I say it enough, maybe I'll start to believe it. If I say it enough, maybe, maybe it'll become a habit. If I say it enough, maybe I'll start to believe it. But as I'm saying this, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I feel about that because that, that becomes a certain amount of begging God Which or begging work. spirit or whatever. Or what ends up being, come on, God, won't you do it my way? And whether that God is a guy in the sky or that God is something in your own heart or whatever, if the process is negotiation or coercion or something like that, that's what it, that's yeah. a long road. Now, I do think... Do you think people go set in, though, and go, you know what, I'm going to fool myself no, not at all. into, into I doing think this? That I don't think I, that. I don't think that it's that, but I think it has to do with the way you feel when you say it. And I have to tell you, in my own life, there have been times when I felt like crap. You know, whether I didn't like my appearance or I felt physically sick or there was something that I was trying to deal with. And, you know, you get in the mirror, literally or figuratively, and you say, oh, no, I am a good child of whatever and this is good and I can do this. And I have had that experience of feeling like, oh, no, I'm not. I don't like this. This isn't healthy. I don't feel X, Y, Z. Who am I trying to kid? And so I don't think anybody goes, I am going to lie to myself right now. It's not about that. It's about... How do you feel when you say your affirmation? And 
I think for each person it varies, but there are certainly times when you go, okay, I'm not there yet, but this is like me lifting uh, a small weight a number of times. I'm going to get myself there. Okay, you can. It can be a very long road, and for some people it's such a long road that they give up before they get there. But So I would suggest that instead of some big affirmation, even though, yes, that is the truth about you. There's a part of you that is unbeatable, unstoppable, can do whatever it is. You are made out of life and love and all of that stuff. No question about it. But where you are right now on that journey might feel so far from that ultimate truth that you never, you, you just want to give up. And that's everybody. I've been there. Everybody listening to that has been there. Everybody can identify with that. So I would recommend either just understand that, you know what, this is a long road and I'm going to give myself permission and really pay attention to how you feel when you say the things you, you say. Or choose a goal or an affirmation, whatever it is, that feels more true to you. It's okay to start small. You don't have to go, I am unstoppable Superman and I can bend steel with my bare hands and everything's... Okay, well, you, if you say that, that's fine. But if you don't believe it, maybe it's better to say, you know what, in this moment, I am grateful for the air coming in and out of my lungs. And the fact that my heart is beating is proof that there's life in me. And I'm going to go where that life leads me. I think the desire for immediate change, for this one big moment of change... Mm -hmm is in and throughout culture. I think that we want instant gratification. We want, and there's been a couple of things that we've seen lately. Um, the video about the, that it's up on our um, Unity Society Facebook page. Oh yeah. But if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's talking about millennials, millennials and this generation. It's a really fascinating video and, and an interesting concept, but and we'll, you know, we can break it down in a minute. But the overall arcing theme there is that we want in, we want the instant gratification. And I don't think that that's just millennials. I, I think that that's all of us. But it's not going to happen in this one big change. It's going to happen in the thousands of little moments, the thousands of little choices that you have every day. Do I have that extra cookie? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> do I have a bad day? Maybe, maybe not. Did I get to the place? Am, do I see this change? Maybe. And I think that there's such a lovely thing about maybe just going a little bit easier on ourselves. I think that there's that middle way, you know? Well, I think that God is done. God is not in process. God is done cooking. When we say amen, when we say and so it is, part of the reason we say that is we're basically saying, God, I know that you've got this. It is accomplished in spirit. And that is throughout the Bible. That's in the Bhagavad Gita when, when Krishna says to Arjuna, this battle is already over. You just don't know it yet. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But yeah. that basic right. idea of it's done in the ultimate sense. God is not in process, but you are. 
Yeah, and I think that has to be okay. People, I think that in unity, sometimes we don't give ourselves permission to be in process, but just as you say, in culture, hey, how come I don't have it already? I can order this Amazon Prime and have it tomorrow or two hours. Or today, I can can get it same day delivery. And And I I think that's really unhealthy. I can, uh, you know, I can binge whatever TV show I want and I get it instantly. I think that as a as a culture it would be really good for us to learn how to embrace the process and just as you say let's go easy on ourselves and recognize you know what god is done but god is also infinite in other words there is no end to this journey i am in process and i'm gonna be in process because when i get to whatever milestone i get whatever finish line i get to there's going to be another horizon just to mix my metaphors and so that needs to be okay with me or i'm just going to be frustrated all the time I think that it would be a wonderful thing to learn how to embrace the moment by recognizing that it is momentary. You know what I mean? And so when you write your resolutions or your affirmations, your prayer thoughts, whatever, yes, it's done in spirit. It's done in truth. But in fact, the fact of my existence is that I'm on a journey and getting there is half the fun. It's okay to honor that. So what I would say is, I, I wasn't as big on making particular resolutions this year. Mm-hmm. Didn't do a lot for me because that's just not where my head was at this time around. Maybe you're just hanging around me too much. Yeah, maybe so. But I would say that one way or another, if you choose to write something for yourself, make it something about how you can honor the process of where you are. Praise the fact that you have life in you and love in you and Maybe you don't have a a publisher's clearinghouse check right this moment, but you know what you got here? So far, you've been provided for, big or small way, doesn't matter. Appreciate that so that you can appreciate the rest of your journey. Right. One of the things that I love that, that we do, or that I do a lot of the times, is that it's, and it's really helped me with my prosperity consciousness and my gratefulness and a lot of things. It's like, the first thing that I, and I've said it to the kids a million times, and I say it to myself, did you do the best that you can today? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yeah, then you go to bed and you and you have a clear conscience. And if you didn't do your best today, you figure it out and you go into the next. And again, you resolve to do either the same or better the next day. And, you know, one of the things that I really, really like, and this is the prosperity end of it, is that when you get to the beginning and the end of the day, whether it's money or time or energy or whatever it might be that you define your prosperity as, there was enough today. Yeah. I yeah. I ate today. There was enough money in the bank today. One food's a great example. And Do you really want to have all of the food you would ever eat in one pile? That's, that's nasty. What, that's what I... Yeah, <laughs> no, it's gross. It's like 600 pound Give life. us this day yeah. our daily bread. Right. That's the thing. And, and it's like if you take on that idea of there was enough today. Thank you, God, there was enough today. All bills got paid today. Everybody ate today. Everybody's healthy today. Yeah. And that's one of the things as I, you know, as I end my day and I do it pretty much, pretty much every day. There's sometimes when I'm just beat and I, <laughs> I skip it if, if I'm, if I'm really honest. I'm going to blame the but, dog for that. Well, yeah, yeah. He, he, he gets blamed for a lot of things around here. But I, I do think that it's, 
that is important just to take a minute and say, and I think it gets you to the bigger things. Mm -hmm. And that's the habitual. That's the thousand or in a year, the 365 times of saying, you know, thank you. There was, there was enough today. There was enough today. And, and I'm, and I'm so grateful as we're sitting here, you know, recording this, there was enough today. Yeah. So do you have resolutions? You didn't you didn't no, say. No, I don't. And, oh, you and, don't. Do you have goals? Did you set anything? Do you have well, anything? Well, I've got some mind? I've got a list of some things that, you know, Unity Society stuff like launching this podcast and doing the book tour and things like that. But honestly, no. And as you were talking, I realized why I I didn't feel so drawn to it this time around. And that is because for me in the past, resolutions have made me feel destination oriented. Mm, and there's okay. nothing wrong with that if that's what works for you. But in the mode I'm at right now in my consciousness and all of that where I'm sitting, I don't want to be thinking about destinations. I'm really trying to enjoy the ride. And so I'm doing my absolute best. I'm being grateful for the things that are going on right now. And boy, I'm working hard. But I, I don't know that I want to ever be done with it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll ever stop working and that's what i mean i think i, I really don't that I'm, destination I'm a worker. yeah the destination mindset can lead you to feel like all i want to do is be done well i don't want to be done because that's death right you know and so really think about where are you going with this yeah you know how much is enough and so it's about really embracing the journey That brings us into the next segment, the listen up segment, because the question that we got, I want to read it so I, I, uh, I, I say it correctly. Um, this person wrote, and they asked to leave their name out of it. I'm not even going to get cute with initials and stuff. This person wrote, um, I hear a lot of people talk about non-attachment, but so many people talk about it that I feel like different people mean different things when they say it. Different people mean different things when they say it. I want to make sure I read that right. And this person goes on to say, what do you think of when you hear the phrase or the word non-attachment? Hmm. That's a that's a good question. And I'm not going to be attached to a to I'm an not going to be attached so to next an segment. No, I I, uh, <laughs> I I know exactly what you're talking about. I think that it's become a catchphrase in the same way that a word like namaste which can is a beautiful word but it can it's been used to mean so many different things that it ends up not meaning much in particular unless you really are careful about it in the same way non-attachment has been used to mean a very strict buddhist idea and it's also been used as another way of saying well that's the way the cookie crumbles and yeah i think it's almost it can almost be an insult mm-hmm you know, it can be used... Yeah, why'd be... you run over my dog? Oh, well, you should be practicing non-attachment. No, no, wait. You still have to fix that thing you did. Right, and it yeah. it sounds like yeah, another Yeah, maybe, maybe an excuse or, you know, yeah. something along those lines. Well, and I think yeah. it's actually saying it like that. It's sort of a close cousin to that unity phrase, divine order. Mm. And we should have a whole we really should. episode we should. about I divine order. I don't want to get started because yeah. it's, it's that... That's that, a big deal. It's a, it's a, that's a big pet peeve for me. But... but for the purposes of right now, let's just say... Divine order has been used as a real cop-out, and I fear that non-attachment can be used in that way, too. So let's be very specific. I mean, first of all, you're allowed to use that word in whatever way speaks to your heart. This is certainly not a teaching from on high. But when I hear that phrase, what it makes me gravitate to is the idea that 
the facts are less important than the truth. And what I mean is, and we've talked about this, it's in our book, Branching In, ask for it by name in stores. Um, it's something that we talk about a lot. This is Unity 101 kind of stuff. And the basic idea is, what's going on right now in your physical moment, your facts of life, are always going to be changing. And it is a very foolish thing to think that the facts of your existence, the clothes you're wearing, the 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 weight you are, the, the, the room you're in, the, what you just ate, you know, whatever. The facts of your existence are, are going to change in flux and you want them to. It is a foolish thing to I, give your whole self, your whole identity, your whole self-worth to those things that go away. We all know people that, that identify with their job or their possessions and all of that. And I can tell you for sure, because I've learned this the hard way, that to the degree that I do that, the universe will sooner or later remind me that I was wrong. Not to reference the book again, but there for me, there is a part in the book where I, I tell a story What's about... What's that book? Branching In? The Journey from Alone to All One, available at Amazon.com and bookstores near you? Really, it's embarrassing. You need to stop. It's a little embarrassing. I've heard good things about it. Anyway, there's a part in the book um, where I talk about when I'm 10 years old and... My um, mom was in the midst of, of a divorce and there was some stuff that went on. And as a result, I lost a lot of physical things, dolls, Girl Scout, uniform stuff, stuff that my grandmother had made me and sewn me. And so pretty difficult um, period as far as the material stuff. But ever since then, I haven't really had a challenge being attached to material things. Material mm -hmm. things, I'm pretty comfortable with them flowing in and out of my life. But I think where my challenge comes in with the idea of non-attachment, I think for me it actually really does have to deal with people. And attaching my outcome, my worth, my love to you and the kids. And so... I, it's a really interesting question for me because I don't know if I'm absolutely there yet. If I'm absolutely totally okay with not being attached to the people that I love. I think that non-attachment is sometimes used as an excuse for being irresponsible. Non-attachment doesn't mean I don't care what happens to you. Mm. It does mean it is not my job to happen to you. It, it means instead that I'm going to do my absolute best for you. I'm going to try to be in as, as in integrity as I can. I'm going to try to show you the love and the, the good that's in my heart. I'm going to try to get out of the way of it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to give you my best. But what happens as a result is out of my hands. Non-attachment ought to mean I am going to do my best, but I am going to let God be God. Because the, the full phrase is typically non-attachment to the outcome. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, what you, that's sort of the, the suggestion by that. And so I think what it means is I'm going to do my best, and how it turns out is God's job, not mine. And so it's not about being irresponsible or uncaring or cold. It's about saying, I love you so much that I'm going to, metaphorically speaking, make cookies but you're going to chew them up and you're going to enjoy them or not. Maybe you don't like my cookies, 
but all I can do is make these, you know? And so I think that that's part of it. I think that it is 100% okay to care what people think about what you say, but I think that it's a matter of going, while I care, that cannot make or break me because I have given it over. But one of the things that I think about is not only non-attachment to the outcome, but I also really want to, to drive home the point that it's really good to be non-attached to the income. In other words, it doesn't matter where it comes from. Because if there's one presence and one power, then all of this comes from God anyway. So this is about looking a gift horse in the mouth. This is about the two boats in a helicopter joke, which I am not going to retell Please, here. No. Google is the thing. Um, but in other words, it doesn't matter where it comes from. And one of the things that I have found myself saying a number of times is, you're not in the payroll department. And what I mean by that is if you got a job somewhere and it was a great job and you loved the job and you were just the right person for the job and all that, imagine this, this scenario, and you get there the first day and they show you your workspace. It's a beautiful desk, let's say, and you walk right by the desk and go downstairs to the payroll department because you want to make sure they get your check to the right place. They have your social security number and your 1099 and whatever. You want to make sure they have all of your pay information. And in fact, it's so important to you that you stay down there in the payroll department and you just watch the whole process go by. Well, if you stay down there for long enough, you're going to get fired because you're not doing the thing that was yours to do. And what I mean by that is you and I and everybody are put in the universe to do something specific. And if all we worry about is how our good is going to come to us, we never get around to doing the thing we're supposed to do. So non-attachment is really faith. Yes. Yes, there it is. I love that. I love that. It's, it's about saying, you know what? God's in charge of this. I'm not the source or the destination. That's non-attachment. Okay. I like that. That helps because at, at, once again, with all of this life stuff and with all of these ideas that we, we often talk about, it's really simple. The rules are fairly simple. The rules are fairly straightforward. The ideas are, are there. It's not, they're not complicated. But in practice, holy moly, it's, this, is, this is some hard stuff. And this, I think that when people choose special terminology, they make it harder on themselves. Mm. What does that mean? Well, all it means is let God be God. Get okay. out of the way. Have a little bit of faith. I like that. You don't need anything special to do this stuff. Well, I think that was a great question, and I want to remind you, who you people listening, that we want you to send us your questions, and you can email them to us, you can send it to us on the various social media outlets, Facebook and Twitter, and, and all of that kind of stuff, but I also want to let you know that if you go to our website, unitysociety.com, there's a contact page, and one of the elements on the contact page is submit a question for the podcast, and as always, we're happy to keep it confidential and all that, but Please do send us your questions because we want to know what you want to know. Well, I think we've gotten to the Check It Out segment. Yeah, Check It Out is the part of every episode where we talk about what's coming next and where you can find us and that sort of thing. We are starting our book tour and you can take a look at the website for those upcoming dates. We also have some radio spots coming up in January and February. Again, go to the website. There's a calendar on the website, and you can see where you can 
Well, where you can see us and where you can hear us. <laughs> well, it's I'm really excited about that. We just put up that events section, and it's unitysociety.com slash events, but there's a prominent link in the nav about it. But we're, uh, we want people to come find us and talk to us, and we're going to do a bunch of book signings and, and that sort of thing. And I want to say how delighted I have been at the number of, of radio hosts and podcast hosts and whatnot that want to have us come on and talk about branching. And I'm so gratified. It's just so much fun to, to, to do that and to, and to move forward with that. So look for us in a town near you and on a radio station or podcast near you and, and that sort of thing. So that's really exciting. And as always, once again, find us at unitysociety.com and, and Twitter is at, uh, is, the Unity Society and Instagram is the Unity Society. And my personal Instagram is Jenny A. Randolph. So check me out there. The other thing is that I want to make sure that people know that they can still attend, even though at this point when the podcast comes out, you will have already done one of your prosperity classes, but it's a seven week class. It is really worth your time. It will change your life. And Dieter's an amazing teacher. That is at First Unity Spiritual Campus. He is also doing both Sunday lessons, 9.30 and 11.30, on January 22nd and January 29th. That's right. And uh, those will end up being available on the First Unity uh, YouTube channel as well as on the Unity Society website. But come see it in person. It's just so much fun. And obviously, we'll be speaking and doing workshops all over the place on the road this year. So looking forward to uh, seeing you out there. And if you do see us, come up to us to let us know, hey, from the podcast. You know, oh, yeah, please. That would be so would much love, fun for us. We would love to hear about that and, and uh, hear your stories and hear where you listened to us and where you're from and all that good stuff. So, hey, Dieter, um, uh, let's wrap it up. All right, so the thing that came to mind when we were talking about what we were talking about is simply this. In God's view, in the ultimate sense of things, the acorn, let's say, is already the oak tree. There is no time in spirit. It is already done. But that's not where you and I are sitting. We're the acorn. We're in the middle of this process. And it's okay to be where you are in this. Enjoy the moment because there's something beautiful. It may seem like a small thing, but find something that doesn't feel like a lie. Find something about this moment of this process that you can go, isn't it awesome that I'm in process? Isn't it awesome that I've walked a step further? That I got one more note for the blessing jar? Isn't it amazing that this moment is a moment of growth? I don't want doneness. I want growth. When we talk about prosperity, the word that comes up for me is the word affluence because it means being in touch with the flow. So my wish for everybody listening is that you just enjoy this moment of flow. That's it. We want to thank you for listening. Unity Society Podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios. Our sound engineer at Pinfeather is uh, the strong and handsome Raina Randolph, and music is done by Raina and the beautiful and talented uh, Miles Randolph, recorded here in St. Petersburg, the finest city on the face of the earth. And as always, everything we do is supported by you. So how can they support us, Jenny? People can support us by telling their friends about the podcast, yes. sharing it. 
And more importantly, going to wherever you are listening to this podcast and writing a positive review and rating it for us. That really does help us out. It gets us heard um, by so many more people. So that's how you can show your support and your love for us. All of those places, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, wherever you uh, wherever you run into the podcast, all of them, the way that it works is the more positive reviews, the more that podcast gets featured and the more the, the service like iTunes spreads the word and it really can snowball. And so that's what we want you to do. Go write a positive review. And by the way, while you're in the review writing mood, go check out Branching In at Amazon. Write a good review there and that really helps what we're doing as well. But most of all, once again, work on these ideas with us. Send in your questions. We're so happy that you're on this journey with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you.